Morena Etefano. It is um, really good to be together. We did, to be honest, we did drive to church today being like, who's going to be there? <laughs> and you're here. So that's wonderful. Um, just to add to Leisha's uh, notice about our November nights, um, we're going to be starting to walk towards Advent at those. So we're going to be looking at the book of Isaiah as of next week. We're going to start walking our way to Christmas through the book of Isaiah. So that's going to be a really beautiful journey. I heard recently uh, a speaker put it that the Bible is in three parts, kind of like a good trilogy movie. There's the first part, that was the banger. And there's the third part, that's like the climax and the epic one. And the middle one's a little bit like, eh. And he sort of said, you know, don't the prophetic books feel a bit like that? It's like, where's this going? I've, I'm, what is going on here? It kind of feels a bit, ugh. The story seems to be petering out. This doesn't seem to be concluding. And uh, the book of Isaiah is right in that middle bit there. It's talking about all of these things that are to come, but they haven't come yet. They haven't happened yet. The people are waiting. And that's what we're going to explore as we explore Advent. If you haven't heard the term Advent before, Advent means to wait. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to be waiting, longing for God for Christmas, for the Christ who is coming. So we're going to start that next week. But today, today what we wanted to do was just to take a little bit of a special moment, a little unique moment. We've just finished our Papa series and we are waiting for our Advent series to begin, the Isaiah series we're going to be doing. We find ourselves with a week spare. And in this week, what I wanted to do today is I wanted to share with you something called Rhyme and Surprise. This will all make sense in a few moments as I explain it. But what this is about is... Um, Today is not a sermon. This is not me preaching. It's not a teaching. Today is an invitation to a posture together. Today is um, a moment of capturing something maybe in our hearts together. Something that is brewing away at Central Vineyard and we want to tell you about it. Something that's going on and we want to invite you and say, could, could you catch this with us? Could you carry this with us too? So today is... Um, I don't know, family news meets devotional meets prophetic. Can you do that with me? So it's not, um, it's not scripture unpacking and rich teaching or anything like that today. It's just something of our hearts passed over. And the other disclaimer I'd like to mention is this is, this is probably more my thing rather than the co-leaders in our church, although that's the ecosystem this is part of, some of this today is like, these are a few of my hunches. And so just listen with that discernment on as well. Like Dan is bringing something that Dan wants to bring. Not necessarily it's everybody's just, um, you know, kind of, I'll, I'll explain it a little bit more as we go because I'm going to invite you to some stuff. But I just wanted to kind of get those disclaimers out there. So what I mean by that is this is not Central Vineyard Vision Sunday from all of the team. This is more like there's just something going on and I want to name it and try and bring it to us today. Rhyme and surprise. So I do want to start with a couple of scriptures. I want to just hold them a little bit together. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your phone with a Bible, I'd love you to turn to Matthew chapter 5, 17 to 19. We're going to start there. Matthew chapter 5. 
Matthew chapter 5, 17 to 19. So if you know your Bible well, you'll know that Matthew 5 is where Jesus' Sermon on the Mount begins, goes on for a couple of chapters. Jesus does this wonderful little teaching called the Beatitudes, which is just, I mean, Christianity 101 and stunning in all kinds of ways. He then talks about salt and light, which is this beautiful imagery of saying, you are going to be the light of the world. You are going to be like salt that brings out flavor. And then he flicks into this other little gear here. Verse 17, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So do not misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. Jesus is saying here, I, I have not come to start some brand new thing that's just like starting here in this point. I am standing in the story that has been. I am part of what God has been doing. I am in the flow of this. I'm not just some unique event. I'm part of something. In a way, to use the language of the last few months, Jesus is saying there's a fucker papa here. There is a matrix of people and story and place behind me that I am part of and I am fulfilling it. That's scripture number one. Scripture number two, another John 5, sorry, another 5.19 is in John. I want to take you to John 5.19. So flick a couple of gospels over or scroll a couple of gospels over as it sounds like many of you are doing because I don't hear much paper turning. Matthew, uh, sorry, from Matthew to John, John 5, 19. Jesus says this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son also does. So here we have this really unique picture of Jesus saying, how do I do what I do? Well, I, I do what I see the Father doing. My eyes on my Father. I'm drawing myself away to be with Him, getting my orders or my, my, my agenda from Him, and then I'm doing that. And when I'm walking around and when I'm ministering amongst people, if I see something going on that I'm drawn to with compassion, I go towards it. I'm doing what I see the Father doing. So Jesus is saying two things here. Can you hear it? He's saying, I have not come to separate myself from the flow of what is going on behind me. I am playing my part in that. And then he also says, I am looking for the Father. I'm looking for the fresh thing. I'm looking for the specific and unique things around me as the Father leads me. So Jesus is saying, I am rhyming with the past 
and I'm looking for the surprise of the Spirit for this future. Now there's a Lutheran theologian who I heard recently quoted by a vineyard pastor, his name is Ted Kim, and the, the, and the theologian, sorry, the Lutheran theologian is called Robert Jensen. Ted Kim is the vineyard pastor. And uh, a couple of years ago, Ted Kim was referring to Robert Jensen's work in talking about the vineyard in, U, in the USA, about how do we be faithful? So the question on the table is, how do we practice this faithfully? How, how do we do this well? How can we get our bearings? And so Ted Kim quoted Robert Jensen, this Lutheran theologian, and he said this, faithfulness is to rhyme with the past and look for the surprise of the spirit for the future. We've just heard that from the model of Jesus. I have not come to abolish the past. I've come to get in the flow of it and to fill it up. And I'm looking for my father and what he's doing and what he's guiding me to do. I'm looking for the surprise. Rhyming and surprise. Rhyming and surprise. Now, this church is a vineyard church. And one of the things we didn't talk about in the Papa series was one of the greatest treasures of the Vineyard Church, which is that it is a community who takes very seriously what it is to manage tension. Tensions. What is tension? Tension is when two things that are true exist at the same time, and you don't choose one or the other, you try and manage the fact that they are both true, that they are both good, that they are both things to do. Should we be a community who worships God, or should we be a community who go and feeds the poor? Which one? Both, both. It's not one or the other, it's both. Should we be a community who is merciful and welcoming and a community that is set apart and holy? Both, both. Has the kingdom come and is the kingdom coming? Both. So I say this, I guess, today, like, we are, a kingdom, we are a people who want to rhyme with the past. We want to be people of the tradition of the church. We are a people who want to be in the story that has come before us. And we want to be a people who look for the surprise of the Spirit, the surprise of what God is doing with us in this moment, right now, today, here. It's both. See, it's quite easy in church to kind of get in the flow of the past and just think that that's going to inform the way we do things for the future. Also, it's quite easy to be like, we've got to just look for the surprise, and the surprise can override all of the past. It's not about either or, it's about both. Both and. These are tensions to manage, and they are healthy tensions to manage when we're talking about how do we be faithful. Jesus was managing these tensions himself. Jesus was walking around managing these two tensions. I am I'm filling up the things that have been behind me and I'm looking for the surprise of what God is doing right now. So I just want to talk about these two things a little bit. I just want to flesh them out a little tiny bit with us this morning. Firstly, rhyming. What does it mean to be a community who rhymes? What does it mean to be a community who takes seriously what it is to rhyme with the past? How might we do that? Well, firstly, I want to say rhyming is not copying. Rhyming is not copying. I'm not talking about copy and paste here. 
If you're thinking about when you're writing something, if you were writing a piece of poetry or writing a song, to rhyme is not to just put the, the same line again. It might rhyme in that the word sounds the same, but it sounds the same because it's the same word. It's about finding another word that builds on that poem, puts a new perspective in there, experiences something else of the story, but it fits. The goal here with good poetry or good songwriting is don't write the clangor. <laughs> don't put the word in there that doesn't fit. And so what we need to be is we need to be finding ways to be people who keep walking faithfully with what God has been doing and making sure that what we do rhymes with that, fits with that, sounds like that, feels like that, isn't the clangor, isn't the sudden left turn or the right hook, but fits. It's also not ignoring. You know, if, if we were to sort of say, hey, here's what God has done for the last 2,000 years in the church, isn't that great? But we're ripping it up and we're starting again. Well, that's not rhyming. That's arrogance. That is historical arrogance. That is to say, we know better. They, we're the enlightened ones. They're the, they're the dummies. We've got it figured out. I mean, that's just arrogance. Oh, what's the, what's the phrase you gave this, Donald, from C.S. Lewis? Chronological snobbery. Now we're preaching. I, this wasn't meant to be a sermon. Sorry. <laughs> but it's true, right? So, so, so to be people who are humble to history, humble to the story of the church, humble to the people of faith who have faithfully walked this, we need to realize, and this, I think this is reassuring. I think this is beautiful. I think if you're sitting here today and you've got complex questions about the church and your place in it, you just need to realize hey, it's not on you to figure this out. The church has been work, walking this for 2,000 years beautifully. There's so much richness in the story. So it's not about ripping it up and being like, well, we've got it figured out. We're off on this new thing. No, that's arrogance. We need to rhyme. We need to embrace what has happened in the church, the moves of God, the renewals of the world and history, the moments when the church did beautiful things. And we talked about that for the last couple of months, but I'm just trying to draw your attention to it today with this kind of summary thought. We need to rhyme with that, find our way to put a new line in that fits. So our Whakapapa series covered a couple of big things. It talked about Jesus and his disciples' confession. It talked about the early church and the preceding history. It talked about the vineyard movement. It talked about our story. We talked about some pieces that we want to rhyme with. And my, 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 my thing to say today is we didn't do that series so that we would copy those things. We did those things so that we could be enlightened by them and we could carry them forward as taonga, as treasures to be able to rhyme with as we walk forward. You know, so as a community, if you've been around, you know this, we take communion every Sunday. We take communion every Sunday. And one of the reasons we do that is so we can rhyme with the people of God who have done so for 2,000 years. We're doing this so that we, we put ourselves in the story week after week after week. We participate in a tradition of the church that has been going all over the world that we may rhyme with what, what God is doing with his people, that we may be nourished by his meal, not only physically, but it's spiritually. You know, we worship every week. We always give the first part of our gathering to singing together, to raising our hands together, to praying together, to clapping together, all of these things 
that have been in the church since its beginning. We do that because we rhyme. We're rhyming. Now we're singing new songs, we're doing fresh things, but we're doing so rhyming with this beautiful tradition. And so I want to just ask you to consider looking back and looking at the story and how you can rhyme with it going forward. But secondly, that's not the only thing to hold. The tension is that we also need to hold this with surprise. The surprise piece. So the theologian uh, Robert Jensen talks about this and he says, the thing about surprise is people who are alive always surprise you. They stop surprising you when they're gone or dead. If, if you have a child, you know what I mean. Every day there's like a little surprise as they do something because they're alive. And Robert Jensen then lays that over and says, we need to remember that as Christians, we follow a Christ who is alive. So his very aliveness should be a surprise to us all the time. Whoa, wasn't expecting him to lead us into this. Oh, we're finding ourselves moving towards that. Wow, that's what it's like to follow someone who's alive. So we follow a Christ who is alive. We follow, we have a father who is, as we've already heard in John 5, 19, who's always at work. Our father's always at work. So if he's always at work, there's always something to surprise us. And the Spirit of God, the companion who's been promised to us by Jesus and who is our companion, our ecclesia, who, uh, sorry, our um, paraclete, who walks with us, our companion, our guide, is always here speaking and at work. Um, just this, this week, actually, this story is a real humbling story for me because I failed on this story. But this week, I was just talking to one of my little boy's friend's dads as we waited at, at school for him, to, uh, for the kids to finish. I was talking to this guy, and he was a scaffolder. And uh, I didn't know this, I was actually just getting to know him. I've, my, my little boy's only been at school for four weeks, so I'm still trying to get who the parents are. And I'm talking to this guy, and um, he said, oh, I just had a scan today, and they're gonna amputate my finger. And he takes his thing off, and like his finger is munched, and his other finger's munched. He's got a massive scar in his hand. And his hand is just mangled. And he, he had a big accident scaffolding about six months ago and he's been on ACC ever since. And do you know what happened to me in that moment? This thought flashed through my mind. You should pray for that, Dan. You should pray for that, Dan. You should pray for that, Dan. And I didn't pray for him. I didn't, I didn't follow the moment. And here I am standing in front of you today realizing that was the surprise. That was it. And I'm the numpty who didn't follow through on it. But I'm standing here telling you what these things are and I'm like, I had one of those moments this week. Literally, I'm listening to this man telling me his story about his crushed hand and all I can hear in my inner dialogue is, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. And I'm like, shush, <laughs> I'm still trying to get to know him. I don't wanna be that weird guy. But this is the surprise, is what I'm trying to convey. And I gotta work with that and I'll probably pray for him next time. But still, that's what it feels like. That little risky surprise that pops up in you. We need to be prepared for that. And dare I say, we need to be courageous for it. I say that as someone who needs help with that. I say that as someone who needs to grow in that. But we need to be prepared for it. So remember how I said that this was a bit of a talk about posture and some things I would love to see us hold? Well, this week, we had our prayer meeting 
that we have every Monday, uh, every fortnight Monday. It's only been going for a few months, so it's still in its early days. It's still finding its feet. But this Monday we just had, something was really going on. Something really special was happening in this little prayer meeting at Community Hall on Monday night at 7.30 to 8.30. It was cooking. There was something really special going on. And we've had other prayer meetings, and that's been happening too. But something was going on this week. And so what I wanted to do this morning is I wanted to just bring to you all a couple of the words that came out. These are not all of them, but just after the prayer meeting, I asked the people who were there, I just flicked them a little WhatsApp thread and said, would you just drop anything you think was important into this WhatsApp thread for me so I can just keep walking with this for the rest of the week? And a couple of the words that came in, so these are not all of them, but these are just some of them. I just want to just show you them. So these came in from some of the people who were at the prayer meeting on Monday night. So Ephesians 2, 19 to 22, we're being built into a holy temple in the Lord, being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now that one, that one made me go zing because some of you know this, earlier this year, uh, Michelle Christofferson, who's also part of our prayer community, she brought that as a word earlier this year and it was a really important moment. So it's like, wow, this is a repeating theme. God is wanting to build us into something by his spirit, something that we have to be up for, something new. Some more words. Haggai 1, God is on the move. His eyes are on CV. There is a call going out to rebuild his church. He's looking for people who are willing to be led deeper and give themselves fully to him. He has great and vast plans and is looking for those willing to partner with him in all he wants to accomplish. I bring that word to say, this is not about us going and trying to do more. This is about a posture. Do we want to be used by God? Do we want to partner with him? Do we want to say yes to what he is doing in the world? God's on the move and he is looking. It reminds me of when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And he says, the Father is looking for those who will worship in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking. He's looking. He's looking. He's looking for hearts. He's looking for hearts. He's looking for posture. He's looking for attention. How is our answer to that today? I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I just mean a question moment. How, how is your posture in that? Another word. Isaiah 54 verse 2 and 3. Expand your tent pegs. Strengthen the stakes. Don't hold back. And then Isaiah 2 verse 3 and 4. Swords being turned to plowshares. These are still tools to be used. The person who brought this word was saying, I just get the sense that there's this movement from swords to plowshares. God's changing our tools, but they're still tools. There's still something to do and there's something to be used here. So let's keep our hand on the job. Another one. Uh, this person is just saying, like, I don't have a certain particular thing to bring, but this is what I said yes and amen to. It might feel time to wind down, but having laid a foundation with the Papa series, it is now actually time to start building the house again, expanding the building on the cornerstone with evangelism as well as church growth skills. The swords are being beaten into new tools for us to learn how to use both into plowshares for us to work with, to plow up the ground for the new growth, but also in other tools such as scythes. <laughs> Not very good with ancient agricultural tools for harvesting in evangelism. I love that. I love that. Oh, my clicker's stopped. Come on there. Last one. 
This person just wrote this and I just was like, oh man, yes, Lord. The person wrote this. Help us be proud of you, God. Proud to say you are our God and we are your people. Help us, God, to just be proud to say you are our God and we are your people. I thought that was a beautiful sentiment. So these are the kinds of things that were coming out of our prayer meeting. And there was more, but those are just for the sake of time. Those were some of them. So I just want to summarize these down, including some of the ones I didn't even show you that built onto the side of some of those words. There's a couple of themes. Here they are. These are the threads. We're being built into a new temple. Being built into a new temple. A new place of what God's doing in us. Number two, there seems to be an increase and a change. A call to an increase and there's a change. Number three, our tools are being changed for a new season ahead. And number four, evangelism is part of our future. Evangelism is part of our future. So with this being said, today what I want to invite you to do is I want to call you to prayer. Like I said, this is not the moment when, um, you know, as a vision, as a church, we're kind of having a vision moment. That's not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm trying to say is something is bubbling that I'm inviting you to come towards with us as we figure some of this out together. And there's a couple of spaces that are important. Next weekend, the co-leaders, that's myself and my wife Gab and Rob and Alicia. Rob was leading worship today and Alicia was just hosting before, okay? So together, if you're brand new today, this is just how we do things around here. The church is held by two couples, uh, the Wisemans and the Sheeds, we are the co-leaders, and, and we together are responsible for the heart of this church and the steering of this church. And we do that in community with others too, but ultimately we're the ones that are like, we'll get out of bed for that. <laughs> and so next weekend, we have a meeting to pray and to dream and to discern and to think about all of this stuff and to think about the things that we're bubbling away thinking about for next year and beyond. Oh, and church, we want to invite you to pray for that. We want to invite you to step in this week and look for the surprise. Where's the surprise? What grabs your heart? What fills your imagination? What is it that gets you thinking wildly about our church? Could you let us know? Could you text us or call us or fire us through an email? I was having my quiet time this morning and I just sensed this. Da 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 da. Want to let you know. Hey, I was just thinking about you guys as you get ready for that meeting. I've been thinking about this. Da 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 da. Can you put that on the table? Honestly, that feels like the moment we're in here. As we dream about the future, we want to make sure that there's a sense of the community leaning in to the future with us. The weekend after, there's a board meeting. So we have our co-leadership, but we also have our board. And what's going to happen is in the weekend after, our board are going to get together. We do this every year. We actually usually do it on Labor Weekend, but we've missed our weekend and we're doing it a couple of weeks late. Um, but we usually get together to just dream about the next couple of parts of Central Vineyard. What's the future? And so we again want to invite you, while that meeting is getting prepared and about to happen, could you lean in with us? Lean forward. What is God saying? Where's the surprise? Where's the surprise of his spirit? Where's the new thing? So we're a church that's kind of got the rhyming piece pretty sorted and dialed in, but it's the surprise piece we hunger for. Could you do that with us? Number three, uh, all year, our church has just been quietly still looking for a place to call home. So um, for those of you who 
who know about Community Hall, Community Hall is our other facility that we work out of all week long. And Community Hall is on Great North Road. Now we have Community Hall in lumps of three year leases and just last time we actually only signed up for a year and a half. Is that right Rob? Or two years? Yeah, year and a half. The reason we did that is because one of the things COVID taught us was like being flexible is a good thing, being able to pivot is a good thing. And we just started to become aware that like this is not the dream scenario, this, this building that we have all week long. Uh, for those of you who have used it for things, you know that there's practice rooms downstairs where the music comes up while you're trying to have a deep and beautiful moment with Jesus. And there's like a sludge metal band below you, like, it's not very conducive to a quiet solitude moment. Anyway, it works in a heap of beautiful ways, but it's not perfect. So we pay nearly a hundred grand a year to be in that lease, okay? And here we are at Epsom. We have this hall and a couple of classrooms. We pay 45 grand a year to be here every Sunday for the year. So it's $45,000 to lease this or to hire this for the year. Okay, it's quite expensive, but it's actually not a very expensive lease, um, rental. There are school halls around the, the city that churches are paying way more to be in than that. So together, that's about $145,000. And so this year we've been looking and going, we have to do something new with community hall. So we've started looking a little bit and figuring that out. And we've been trying to figure out like, what does it look like to steward our money well into a, into a place that we could call home? And so we're just still on that journey. And we want to let you know that we're still figuring that out. Um, as, a, as a board and as, as leaders, we've been checking out stuff and we've been going to little, you know, little things that a real estate agent throws our way. We've been trying to investigate and we just want to again invite you and say, this is part of what we're trying to do for the future. This is some of the mahi we're putting in. And we want to invite you to again, pray for it. Pray for it, own it in your hearts. Oh Lord, where's the place that you have for Central Vineyard? How does that look, Lord? Could you make a way for that? It would be such a blessing if you could. So please own that in prayer with us as we lean in on that. And the last thing that I wanted to call you to prayer on is the new season. Now, the one that really got my attention at the prayer meeting that left me driving home going, that one is really named something, was this thing of moving from swords to plowshares. Because I know what the last couple of years have been like for so many of us. They have been these years of niggle and fighting and unsettledness and uh, just a uh, Feels like we've had a sword in our hands for so much of the last couple of years whether it's the COVID stuff, whether it's deconstruction stuff, whether it's just fighting life. My life's not working the way I thought it would. Arrgh. I reckon there's a heap of us who come to church and it's a sword we're holding in our hands. And I think, oh man, I'm getting a little emotional here and I don't want to do that. I think the Lord is gracing us to change the tool over to a plowshare. I think there are some of you, and it's like, it's time to put the sword down. Stop with the fighting. Stop with the aggression. Stop with this, urgh. just let it go and pick up a new tool. He is beating it into a new thing for you. He is changing your season. He is going to move you from being a person who's angsty and just agitated and it's not working. And he is laying a grace and saying, I'm going to change your tool. And you are going to now start to harvest some stuff. You're going to start harvesting again, planting, putting things in the ground, things that will grow and bear fruit.
And I think there's something in that word that has named something for me. And I'd be surprised if I'm not the only one. There are some of us and it's like, you know that the last couple of years have just been, it's me against this thing. It's me against church. It's me against what's going on. It's me against uh, the long list. And I feel like the Lord is saying, oh, my dear children, let me change the tool. Let me change the tool. I don't know if that's resonating with any of you, but man, it sure resonated with me. Isaac, you, you were the one who brought the word. Do you want to come and even just add to that or say anything further? I'd love it if you could. Thank you, Isaac. This is Isaac. Could we welcome Isaac, everyone? So Isaac was the one at the, I'm just totally curveballing you here. I know that. You're good. You're good. You're good. I'm good too. We're both emotional. I know the All Blacks lost, man. It sucks. I know. I know. Yeah. Rugby. But um, on Monday night, you know, we were praying and there was a couple of senses of words. Do you want to just maybe flesh that out for anyone who's sitting here thinking, man, Dan's naming something. Do you want to just flesh that out a bit more? So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Lord Rankin here. And that's when I, I first sensed that word was God's taking his, sorry. He's taking his church and he's taking it from one thing, which has been a great thing. But he's saying the time is to something else. And it's not to destroy what it was, because the, the tool is still there. But like the, um, yeah, a, a, a blow shit is still a hard tool. It's still quite strong. You have to be pretty, um, you know, you cut grass and stuff. But like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's still a tool, but it's a different kind of tool. And I really felt that when we were praying on Monday that God was like, time's now. Time is now to change. And so I was really encouraged. And I'm just like, I'm so keen for what God's going to do in the next season of our church. And also just in the next season of in our individual lives, I feel like what you brought today is like legit. Like, like, Did you say legit? Legit. I thought you swore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said the... <laughs> I mean that too but, yeah, sure. um, <laughs> like, yeah, Isaac, like, I thought you were better than that man. <laughs> I feel like, like if this is something that if this is resonating with you like, come up and get prayer because God wants to shift things in our lives I know I've been holding a sword and, and, and that's big like, we've got tools we all have tools and God's saying it's the right tool for the job though This is the surprise. This is what it feels like to be in people who are looking for surprise. And um, if we only turn around and want to rhyme with the past, that's going to steer us towards some good and beautiful things. That is so good. But we have to be people who manage the tension of both. We have to be people who manage the tension of this sits in something that's good and faithful and honest and right. And we're looking for what God's doing. Dropping it in along the way. And... Like I tried to say at the start, I'm kind of walking in the door today, sort of owning this one myself, going, this has been a week of me holding these things and failing and bumbling and getting excited and all of the in-betweens. But Central Vineyard, we, we need to learn to manage this tension together. We need to learn to manage the tension. How do we rhyme with the past? How do we, how do we have structure? How do we have a form? But yet, how do we look for freedom? I loved what Rob did today. Did you all notice it? 
I've got four songs planned. That's the structure. I got to the end of the third song. God's doing something. I wonder if we might pray for some people. I wonder what might happen. Freedom. It's the tension of both. And oh, it's exciting. It's exciting when we get this going. It brings vitality in life. Jesus walked around saying, I have not come to abolish and start again. I have come to fulfill and I've come to do what I see my father doing. I have come to rhyme and look for surprise. I wonder if that could be the mantra for a little while around here. I wonder what might happen. It too. Worship team, I'd love it if you could come back and, and join me. And I think Isaac's right. I just wonder if there's just people who are like, I just want prayer today. I want to sort that out. I want to, I, want to, I want to say yes to God. I know we're a bit of a smaller bunch today. I mean, it's not tiny, but it's, it's definitely, I'm aware that it's, um, it's a different feeling Sunday in the room, but that doesn't mean we can't be serious about the things of God together. Um, I wonder if you might just start by just closing your eyes with me and just, just ruminating on what I've shared today. Rhyme and surprise, rhyme and surprise. So many of you have been so faithful in rhyming. You have looked to rhyme well. And the thought of looking for surprise and that's out of your control, that's scary. I get that. It's going to take courage and it's going to take risk. I understand that. It's going to make you a bit uncomfortable. I understand that. I would rather just make everything programmed and and uh, knowable. But we're being invited to learn to look for the surprise together. And so Lord, we want to posture ourselves together as a community and say yes. We want to say yes to being people of surprise and people of rhyme. This is going to be look, this is what faithfulness will look like. And so even just before the worship team start and lead us in a song, I want to invite you, if there's just already something that's leaping in you from this last 25, 30 minutes where I've had the microphone, if something has grabbed you and you're aware of God you know maybe you're sitting here starting to cry maybe you're starting to feel a bit teary because there's a grief in you that's starting to come out that's the Lord maybe you're sitting here with a desire like a burning in you that's like I want more of that that's the Lord it's His grace and I just want to invite you just come come up into this front bit here come around our communion table and come and join us Join us and we're going to pray and we're going to see what God is doing with you and bless you. So the invitation is to come. Just come. Just come.
The Lord's already at work. There's, there's nothing that we have to do to conjure this up. The Lord's already at work with us. We just get to step in and enjoy it. His mercy is at work. I sense that there are some of you and and the swords, the swords need to be turned into plowshares today. And I want to invite you to come and receive prayer. You, you know what it is I'm talking about. There's been in a there's just been this inner fight in you, and you're tired and you're done. And the Lord is saying, I want to change that story with you today. Enough of this inner angsty, not happy, not content fight that's in you for the things that are wrong. I want to turn you into a harvester. I want to give you a new tool that you would reap beautiful things around you. I want to change that story. So I don't know if that's you, but I want to invite you to come. Come and receive prayer. sung we just want to be people who are stirred up by what you're doing so come even now as people have come forward if you've come forward why don't you just hold your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift from someone someone putting a gift into your hands and we just ask holy spirit come come and bring the gifts you have for these people come and bring the freedom you have for these people come and bring the new life you have for these people come and bring your for those who are holding a sword in one hand, we pray you'd take it and you'd start to beat it into a new shape and you'd put it back in in a new form. Lord, we pray for new things, new life, new seasons. We ask for this. Um, if you're a circle leader or you're part of our CB prayer group, I, I need to invite you to come and participate now. I need you to come and pray with people. So just please just start to do so. And we're going to lead a song and we're just going to see what we do as we pray for people. And the communion table is here. It's open. And just as we lead this last song, you might like to come and grab your communion elements and take them as part of your worship today. So the communion table is open. The call to the table is come and receive from the merciful gift of God for a fresh thing that He's doing in your life. Come, remember Him. He is the one who gives us life. But come, let's sing. Let's pray. Let's look for the surprise together. So circle leaders, I need you. Prayer group people, I need you. People who lead ministries in our church, we need you to come and just start to pray and bless people. That's it. It's a heap of people in the middle. Heaps of people in the middle. Yeah, Rob, why don't you start to lead us, buddy?